Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Just talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. Welcome to Realness Podcast, the greatest movie podcast of all time. I'm Brad, and with me today is Zach and, and Corinne. And Ryan would be here, but uh, he decided that a uh, hockey game was more important than our film of the week, which is Creed. Suspicious that he has chosen to go watch a bunch of white hockey players instead of a black directed and starring <laughs> film. <laughs> Stay tuned very shortly because we'll be talking about that film and smearing Ryan's name further. What does that say about him? What does that really say? I mean, I, but he's, he I'm saw the movie. He saw the movie. I'm fairly sure he saw. I, well, I don't know. He said he was going to. Um, he said, yeah, I, I have no confirmation that he did it at all. It's, it seems like he completely blew off this week. And it's very suspicious. It's very convenient that the one Rocky movie without Sylvester Stallone in it. <laughs> very suspicious. Where, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It may not be. It may not be what you're thinking it is. It may just be that it's a huge Stallone fan. And, and uh, he was just protesting. Um, but yeah, we saw it though, and we're going to have fun with it. It could be that he just, uh, was disappointed. There'd be no reason for him to break out his Stallone impression for this episode. So he decided to just not be here at all. Well, if, 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 if fortune favors the bold, then we may have an appearance from Mr. Stallone later. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. A lot of people tell me they're going to send stuff in and then, uh, they don't. So I'm not holding my breath. What if I keep reminding him, hey, get your buddy Stallone on the show. Get your get your buddy Stallone on the show and then just finally call him at 3 a.m. Get Stallone on the phone. <laughs> He's not going to like that. Well, he I'm does not. not... <laughs> he doesn't yeah. respond I'm well to planning... 3 a.m. calls. <laughs> What's up, Corinne? I'm not planning to send in anything this week because I'm on the show. So, yeah, nothing go. for me this time. <laughs> a uh, unusual lineup for us. Yeah. Well, it's been a while yeah, since it's been weird. just us three. What has it been? But, like a year? A year and a half? Could I don't know. Brad longer. keeps the stats. Yeah, I did not check on it. All I know is that with Ryan not being here, I am now tied for the most appearances on the podcast with him. So the next time he's off, I take the top spot. There you go. There you go. So, he, uh... And I have not missed a show since 2019. So it's going to be tough for him to come back from that. So well, what you need to do is just light something on fire in Idaho Springs or, you know, just really 
you know, cause mayhem. <laughs> and then you can just zoom in from somewhere in the city while he's out dealing with your, your bullshit. Oh my God. The Zion of Springs arsonist is merciless. He only seems to come out between Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Getting bomb threats called in on Mondays and Tuesdays. So weird. <laughs> Ryan just has a bunch of fucking like shit, like, you know, like webbed together on a cork board and he's doing the Zodiac <laughs> search for you. <laughs> I'll find him. <laughs> I need to know who he is and why he keeps me from appearing on my podcast. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about Creed three in a minute, and then, uh, we're going to play, we're going to give our general, uh, uh, we're going to give our general thoughts on the movie and then we're going to play the trailer Mm. and then we're going to talk about it in spoiler territory, very in depth. And then we're going to talk about, uh, movie news of the week. Uh, there's really only one important thing that happened. And then we're going to talk about what we've been watching. Sweet. And by the way, general thoughts is my favorite. Uh, member of the armed forces. Okay. <laughs> Good to have you back on, Zach. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be back. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I was, I, I just, I was gonna say something mean. And he was like baffled it, yeah. by that stupid joke. <laughs> uh, the arbiter of dull thuds, uh, Jack Eastman. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, Creed three. We saw it this week. What did you think, Zach? Uh, I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed myself. I thought by by movie three, I'd be a little bit uh, feeling tired of the of of the continuation of the Rocky series, but I actually found it refreshing. And I don't know if that's because Stallone's not in there, so maybe there's a challenge for me to experience it on my own terms without the baggage of Stallone or if it's the way Michael B. Jordan actually directed the film because man there's some really fun stuff in here for his first outing on behind the camera so uh, I would recommend people go see it it's it's really good it it tells a good Rocky story on its own terms and uh, doesn't need its original creator to, to to carry those loads so yeah go check it out Corinne uh, I say this as somebody who doesn't have a lot of exposure to the Rocky franchise. I've seen maybe two of them. I I know I've seen the first one. I think I've seen part of the third one, and then I've seen the fourth one. And I haven't seen any of the the previous Creed movies, so I was just kind of generally excited. I like Jonathan Majors. I like Michael B. Jordan. I was excited to see his directorial debut. And yeah, I... I the fact that Stallone wasn't in it, I guess it gave it a little bit more separation. Like, yeah, they kind of mentioned Rocky and Creed a couple of times, but honestly, I think it could have just stood on its own outside of that. There were a couple of things I was a little confused about as far as like his family history, but even as someone who's a relative outsider to this franchise coming into it, I enjoyed it. Um, I think the writing could have been a little bit tighter, but I thought it was well-directed, well-acted, had a lot of drama, arguably melodrama in there that we'll get into when we talk after the trailer. Um, but no, I, I liked the soundtrack and the acting. Everything was pretty solid. I came away with it um, with a good impression, but 
honestly, I might forget that I saw it in like a week. So, you know, it's kind of one of those movies. It's like, it wasn't bad, but it might not stick with me the way that the creators would want it to, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so I can't decide if it is the Rocky three of Rocky fives or the Rocky five of Rocky threes. Um, it has elements of both those old movies. Um, I, I do appreciate that finally they have taken this character, um, and, and kind of set it, it set him out on his own without being in the shadow of Rocky Balboa for once. I, I felt like this should probably have happened one movie ago. Um, Overall, I was very confused with a lot of elements going on in the movie, but um, I do think they did a lot of stuff that happens in Rocky Five better. Um, and uh, yeah, there's just some like uh, confusing parts overall. Um, I think everyone performs uh, fantastically. I think that direction is interesting, and uh, yeah, um, nothing nothing special, but uh, I, I did enjoy what I saw. Here's the trailer for Creed 3. The higher you get, the harder it gets. That's life. Because this is a war. It's a fight, it's a battle. So... How long have you known each other? We was like brothers. One day you came back. The past came back too. There may have been a time when Damien had your back. No friends in the industry. But that's not what he's doing now. My brothers been my brothers, man. They ain't no kidding me up that. Before I got locked up. I was the best. You a coward, bro. And a fraud. Try spending half your life in a cell. Watching somebody else live your life. I had to draw the line. I'm just getting started, little brother. I had to draw the line between my brothers and my enemies. I'm coming for it all. It's not going to stop. Then you make him. The one and only Adonis Creed. You're the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Three years ago. It's been a minute since you've been out in these streets. When I walked away from boxing, I walked away with some unfinished business. You see that man right there? Do you remember him? Hey, hey. No friends in the industry. I had to draw the line between my brothers and my enemies. A fact. Let us start if you don't want to keep it wrapped. Yeah, you hit us up and now we owe you something back. Let him destroy everything you've built. Everything we've built. Yeah, I had to draw the line between my brothers and my enemies. My brothers and my enemies. My brothers and my enemies. You out there boxing. I need you to start fighting. So, Creed 3, uh, takes place uh with uh Apol uh adonis creed uh having been retired for some time uh, well the movie starts with him in his, his like showing his final fight before he retires and then starts managing um other fighters um mm -hmm. i forget was was the new his fighter spider 
Uh, Felix? Felix. Felix. Yeah. Felix. Yeah. It's like Spider's one of the uh, rocky ones, but yeah. So he's managing Felix, and um, his uh, wife is kind of turned to managing herself. Uh, uh, well, not managing herself, but managing other artists as well. Um, she's and a producer. Been, yeah, she's a producer. Um, and then um, they they have a daughter, um, who much like Rocky Five is struggling at school um, in a plot that doesn't seem to be that is touched on but doesn't quite wrap up anywhere <laughs> um, I think it's just they're setting it up for the rest of the franchise that I, maybe like hey like they're showing the 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 groundwork of where the franchise could go with you know Creed having his daughter and that maybe she'll become a boxer too mm-hmm. yeah I guess, I guess if you're assuming there's a fourth one so which based on the box office I thought they confirmed that yeah, I thought they confirmed that recently. Well, you can't rely on like like I don't know. I, I guess I'm a person who thinks like everything that takes place in the movie should make sense. Like you shouldn't have to, you know, check Hollywood Reporter to find out if there's gonna be a sequel. Like I feel like that should be if they're gonna set up that thread, they should promise it more blatantly that hey, there's there's gonna be a sequel to one of these, but um, as far as it stands, it feels like the whole franchise could wrap up with this movie, uh, the way it ends. But anyway, um, so Adonis is, is managing new fighters. And then an old friend wanders into town. Um, and we find out that when Adonis was younger, um, he was kind of an assistant to Jonathan Majors, character. Um, and one night while they're out, uh, I think they were getting back from a fight or something. Uh, they stop off at like a Seven Eleven, and uh, we find out that Adonis runs into a guy, another guy from his past, and then just beats the shit out of him. Uh, a full grown adult, and he's like twelve, I guess. I don't know. Um, just goes into a, a, a rage pummeling. Um, and then as the movie goes on, we find out that Jonathan Majors' character, Damien, that's right. Um, like th- tried to break it up by pulling out a weapon and he didn't shoot him but the cops arrived around the same time and um, busted him for threatening with a weapon and then uh, went away for a long time and mm. lost his uh, burgeoning fighting career and uh, Michael B. Jordan never bothered to check in on him so now he wants to revive his uh, f- a disappeared uh, boxing career, and uh, Adonis agrees to facilitate that, despite everyone else's uh, reservations. And yeah. uh, much like Rocky Five, uh, it does not go well, <laughs> and they end up fighting each other. And yeah, so during that whole final fight, I, I was just in my head going just apologize man just apologize that's yeah all he's looking for is like a, a an honest apology um like you know the, the most of the movie i'm just going like adonis really screwed up with this guy um mm-hmm. he's totally in the wrong on this and he, he just needs to own up to it um well especially because you they reveal later in the movie that when Dame or Damien got caught by the cops, 
Adonis ran away. Oh, so yeah. he he never got like yeah. you know, caught or arrested or punished or anything. While Damien spent half of his life in prison. So that's why, you know, and I wish they would have fleshed that out a little bit more because that was kind of the whole focus of the trailer was this kind of idea that Damien, you know, like Adonis had the life that Damien wanted, you know, he became this big fighter and, you know, had the world championship and had this beautiful family and the big house and all this. And like Damien kind of put his, put his ass on the line for Adonis and Adonis ran away and Damien went to jail. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, like, when he gets out, he's super upset. He's like, I'm coming for everything. Like, you had the life that I should have had. And you got to have it because you ran away like a coward. So, yeah, I, I think they should have emphasized that a little bit more in the script. Because, like I said, it was such a big part of the trailer. that that's part of why it made me want to see the movie. Because I was like, this sounds like a really good story. You know, these two... You know, like, uh, I don't know if it actually ended up in the movie because there were different shots and sequences in the trailer that I noticed were not in the final film. Or maybe they'll be in, like, the director's cut or something. But, um, yeah. And I think Adonis says something like, you know, we used to be as close as brothers, now we're past talking. And this, um, (laughs) I'm going to geek out for a second here, but... This is a very anime thing. And I think I've seen uh, headlines where Michael B. Jordan said that some of his directorial style for this movie was based in anime. And there is a shot at the very beginning of the movie where Adonis is leaving his house and it's confirmed he's a time traveler because he has a poster for, I'm pretty sure it's Naruto Shippuden, which this is set in the very beginning is set in 2002. And <laughs> Naruto Shippuden didn't premiere in the United States till like '09, so I'm like, uh, yep, Adonis is a time traveler confirmed. But I think it was just more of a, an Easter egg and a nod to like, hey, you know, this is just an influence on this movie. And I definitely saw that with Adonis and Damien. This whole like, we were super close. We were basically brothers, and now we're you know bitter rivals bitter enemies we hate each other and your whole thing of like why don't they just talk it out why don't they just apologize to him i'm like that's not how it works in anime you have to fight them that's the only way they'll see reason is if you defeat them and that's exactly what happened and there's that one shot at the end in the fight where they both hit each other in the jaw i was like so anime (laughs) anyway sorry i geeked out for a second but that when i saw that poster i just flip out <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah so i was mostly confused about leon the guy he he beats up when he's a kid we find mm-hmm. out was someone at some point adonis was in and i i, uh, I guess gr- i lost uh, track uh, of this from the other movies but he was in a group home yeah I think I don't Why? remember First Creed that well to remember if that was an element of her and uh, him and Felicia Rashad talking to each other about his past and why he gets to the point he's at. Um, yeah, I can't remember it's... why, because I thought he grew up with her like she's super rich. So I don't know why he would send her or why she would send him away. Well, because he's not wasn't part of it that he's like not uh, a legitimate son of apollo or and that wife or um because yeah she because he's at a youth detention center or something like that and she takes him in 
Or am uh, I crazy? I don't remember. I guess that does kind of sound familiar, but yeah, I, I've totally lost track of that thread because I thought like he was just straight up his son with her in a, mm. in Apollo. But well, I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. It's it's Felicia Rashad is playing Apollo's widow and Donnie's stepmother, um, who takes on um Donnie following the death of Donnie's biological mother. So it's a yeah, it was a woman that he had a he had a child out of wedlock and. So she took him in. So he probably had issues prior to her her taking him in. Okay, so that yeah. makes sense. So yeah, so he's in this group home, um, and I guess Leon was kind of in charge of the kids, and he was really mean to him, abusive, um, pretty much abusive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so later on, Jonathan Major shows a photo, like or no, uh, Felicia Rashad shows Adonis a photo. Um, that was sent by Damien from prison because she uh, hid all those all those letters and correspondence from him. Um, and, th- and the photo has Damien like shaking hands with some dude. Is that Leon? No, that's the guy who attacked Felix. Oh. And attacked thus Felix? attacked the fighter um, or not attacked Felix, attacked uh, Drago. Sorry. Yeah, I was confused by that scene too, Brad. And- so, so the scene—it's the scene when they're in the party and Drago gets kicked the shit out of with a like. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. So that's the same guy that attacked him. They're bros in prison, so that's why it's like, oh my god, he orchestrated the whole thing because I wouldn't cave in and give him shit for nothing. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was Leon. I was like, it doesn't look like Leon, but mm. that's the thing that makes sense. But I totally didn't put together that that was the guy who attacked Drago. So like, mm. that- yeah, I didn't get that either. No, I, I, it, it seemed pretty okay, clear to me. Like, took a second, but I got I it. figured it was somebody from a previous movie that, mm. you know, if you had seen Creed 1 or Creed 2, you would know who that was. No, I think they were trying, but they, it is a quick shot of the guy who's attacking Drago. So it's not like, it's not like it's the most super cut clear. Like, there are some moments of this film where things, Pass by you pretty quick, and I wish he was like little let the let stuff linger a little bit. But um, I do man. remember that sequence being pretty fast because it was like all of a sudden, like the guy just starts attacking. You can't tell who's attacking who and what yeah. happens, and then just like smash cut to uh, Adonis sitting on the couch watching the news. Yeah, and it's like yeah. wait, what just happened? Yeah, because then and because like I mean the scenes the like the direction of the film focuses so well on this like angels with dirty faces in the boxing ring kind of aesthetic that it does lose grip of some slight threads that make sense for the plot. Um, so I, I mean like that's definitely like a, a, like an editing note is like, okay, next time if you're, if, if, if you do another Rocky, uh, a Creed outing might want to like hold back on uh, like quick cut stuff like that. Like you might want to actually let some stuff breathe a tiny bit, but I mean, it was like such a small little instance of something that I I didn't really care much about it being confusing. All you needed to know was that Damien was acting the way he was and it leads to the end. So. And then, yeah, there's a tiny little subplot where his daughter is getting bullied at school and she fights back and. Um, Bianca doesn't want her to fight back and Adonis says that she has to that's how the world works and then it doesn't really go anywhere it, 
except for the end where it kind of hints that he's going to train her and maybe um in like 10 years she's going to be <laughs> the next fighter i don't know maybe that's don't, the plot don't, of four don't, don't say that out loud you'll make a bunch of grown men cry brad <laughs> i know I'm ha- maybe I'm it's to- supposed to be a contrast to um adonis and like presumably he didn't have maybe he had a relationship with his father i haven't seen the other creed movies so i'm not sure but maybe it's supposed to be in contrast to that like he's able to be in his daughter's life and rather than like her deciding to become a boxer and him not being okay with it he's actually on board and he like wants to teach her to box mm-hmm. it's a, that it's, makes sense it's similar to rocky five where rocky's son's getting bullied at school and um he wants yeah. his dad to you know help him fight back but rocky's uh, distracted by helping tommy gunn become a fighter so he's basically doing what he should do for his son for tommy gunn instead and then um yeah ulti- ultimately like his son fights back on his own without his help um so yeah i guess the creed version is that he's actually gonna maybe train his daughter properly yeah. And the di- and the difference is that I would actually like to see that thread carried through. And yes, let's get a female Rocky movie out there in the future, please and thank you. That'd yeah, be fucking some, cool. Let's make some dudes on the internet really mad. That'd be great. Yes, I yes, I I'm totally down for spite, but also kind of want to see a like. Have we had many female boxing movies that don't end in tragedy like Million Dollar Baby? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I can think of Girl not. Fight and Million Dollar Baby. That's about it. Okay. So two, okay, and Clint Eastwood um, behind one of them. <laughs> Jesus, fighting with my family—that's wrestling. Right? That's wrestling, yeah. yeah. But I mean, but but also that's a fighter. You know, that's a it's a pretty good example too. But yeah, like take that mold, but put it into boxing. It'd be fucking cool. They'd have to really age her up because I think she's only what, like maybe ten in the movie. Well, you gotta wait until Michael B. Jordan gets old, and then he wants a Best Supporting Actor nomination. <laughs> Because he hasn't gotten giddily squat from the Academy yet. Um, but I mean, you know, this is just maybe as it's a good tease for the future, but also it doesn't have to rely on future Rocky product. It's just a very heartwarming moment at the end of the movie, too. So, like, it it serves two purposes. Um, yeah, like we've had plenty of Rocky's involvement in these movies. I, I think it's time for Creed to stand out on his own. And this is a good first step. And yeah, hopefully oh. they can take it to other more interesting places. Has there been another? I I have not rewatched the Rocky series in a while. I don't think there's ever been a uniquely shot fight sequence in that film, in those films, until this one. Because that that near the end where they go inside their minds and they're duking it out in an empty an empty stadium was just was just like I was awestruck by it. It was beautiful. So anime. <laughs> Yeah. Do, I, I mean, yeah, de- you can you can tell that that's influences there, but it just also like there was like there was raging bull shots stuck in there for some reason. I'm like, man, that's really cool to bring raging bullshit into Rocky. Um, like it made it, it it made the fight personal, which was interesting. But like it 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 got I, I like that it physically and literally got into the characters heads um, and it gives him the chance to kind of play with shit that he may otherwise not be able to in any other movie um, for his first time out. Like he gets to experiment here. It's kind of cool. It's creative, but I, it, I didn't really feel like it had much of an impact for me. Um, I think it actually took away from the drama because mm. it's so stylized. It just feels a little more like graphics heavy than dr- drama like infused. So um, mm. 
you know, I, yeah, kudos to that for experimenting. Whole in, the whole sequence in the stadium was very obviously green screened. Yeah. Or at least like when they're in the ring. I don't know. Like the shots when they're walking in, like that could be real. Or maybe they at least like did it on a set. I don't think they actually did it in Dodger Stadium. But, you know, those looked fairly real. And then when they got in the ring, I'm like, this is all green screen, you guys. I can tell it super easily. Yeah, I think they just uh, did the traditional thing of filming some of the audience and then just duplicating it in in CGI. So it looks like the stadium is full. That's what they did with like the Dark Knight rises and uh i think 42 they do that with they do that with ted lasso i think oh yeah ted lasso of, yeah yeah they, 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 they do they that do with now. they do that with bohemian rhapsody as well for live aid at the end yeah yeah i mean obviously it'd be super hard to get like fifty thousand extras there well they should have tried harder damn it <laughs> so yeah any other thoughts on creed 3 um so again didn't see the first two creeds but i was so excited to see um crap i forgot the actor's name now but he played julius campbell and remember the titans and i like freaked out when i saw him so between that and the naruto shippuden poster i was having a great time in the theater <laughs> a little ge- geeking out in the seat i think if anything for me i'm curious now because Felicia Rashad dies in the movie. That's, I guess, we're in spoiler territory. We can talk about that. So Mother Creed dies. And so it kind of made me realize, like, they obviously, like, tackled certain... They're tackling certain threads throughout the Rocky films uh, in sort of a repeat mode. But I think this this film's original enough on its own merits to not draw many comparisons beyond the ones that Brad mentioned. But I'm wondering, since since he's on his own now there's got to be a point where they address Rocky's death whenever Stallone kicks the bucket. I'm I'm just sensing that's going to happen. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious how that, how that either contributes to a plot or becomes nothing but like a, a filler scene uh, down the line in the Creed series. Um, Cause it was, I will be honest. I love this movie because it doesn't have Rocky in it, but I also missed Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of torn. I'm like, I don't want him milling around there, but yeah. I miss that lovable lug, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, obviously I think every thread from his story is wrapped up at this point, but also I don't think honest is what to come out and watch a movie where Rocky dies. So I think no, it's better just kind of no. like have him disappear. Um, you know, he got his kid back and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we don't need like, like yeah. Uh, Felicia Rashad dying in this movie is much like Mickey dying. In yeah, three, in so three, yeah. We don't need to do that again with anyone mm-hmm. else. So yeah. Again, I'm not like I'm not like wishing it. Like I hope that they just they just keep going on the thread that they're going and don't even mention Rocky again or only mention him in passing, going like, hey, thanks again. But um, but yeah, it was it, it I did find it strange, and I just that was the one thought that I had creeping out of me at the end of the movie is going like, how are they going to handle Rocky's death when that finally happens? Um, uh, and also I'm, I guess I'm curious to find out if Stallone ever even ended up watching the film, because I know that he wasn't too happy with being kind of written out of this film. So uh, he was listed as a producer on it. Yeah. So but that, I don't but see why he wouldn't. There was a, uh, there was, um, uh, there were reports early on that he was not, 
he was not thrilled or delighted by the fact that it was a Rocky movie without Rocky in it. So um, that's what he's got to learn. It's like this franchise shouldn't be a Rocky movie. <laughs> it should be. Yeah. It's yeah. not his name on the poster anymore. It's Creed. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, as far as I can tell, it's a spinoff. Is that like, yeah, Rocky was in Creed one and two, but this is Creed's franchise now, mm-hmm. or at least like a spinoff franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, I mean, it's sort of a continuation. It's like like Philadelphia boxing or something like that. Like, I don't know. It's like the boxing franchise. Like, it has no, like, it doesn't need Rocky. Except they're in L.A. now. Right. Yeah. So then never mind. It's not even a Philly thing anymore. Um, nope. You know, I don't know. Screw I mean, I, I, it's it's just a thought that was kind of crossing through my head because it is weird, like, to spend all these years growing up with Rocky movies and you, you identify Stallone with this franchise, even with Creed one and two, and then all of a sudden he's gone. It was, it was interesting to kind of process it under new auspices. And I enjoyed it. That's, and I really want to see where else uh, Jordan takes his directing career. Cause man, he, he can shoot some shit pretty well. And if Stallone wants to be another Rocky movie, he can make Rocky six or seven without Apollo Creed. If, if it's that important to him. Yeah, I mean, sure, he's got the money, and I'm sure he can go knock on Winkler's door and be like, yo, put me in, Irwin. Come on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He's got that King Tulsa thing going on now with Paramount+. Plus. Maybe he's happy over there. Cool. So Isn't there here, a new Expendables movie coming out? They've been is. saying that for a while now. It's supposed to come out this year, so. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll yeah. believe it when I see it. Speaking of oh, stuff coming side out, note, the actor who plays Duke is named Wood Harris. He's the one who is Julius Campbell and remember the Titans. Just wanted to state that for the record since I couldn't remember his name earlier. Oh, you know. Apparently he was an Ant-Man too. And I totally missed that. And now here's what Ryan has to say about Creed 3. If he even watched it. Well, well, well. Real Nerds Podcast. My podcast, Ryan's podcast. You're reviewing Creed 3, and here's my review of Creed 3. The movie is really good. However, I'm going to spend the rest of my time talking about how Brad thinks he's going to pass me in the number of appearances on our show. (laughs) Silly Brad. That will never happen. I am so much better than you. I'm so much smarter. I'm so much cooler that everybody will miss me if I'm not on the show. So when I'm not on the show, you can expect a phone call from me. Or you can expect a voice message from me. Just know I'm always around, I'm always watching, and I'm always the best real nerd that there is. See you next week. Bye. Wow, hot take, Ryan. I can't believe you said that. That's pretty yeah. controversial. Yeah, I don't. I I don't think it was very nice of him to say that Stallone should have been every actor in the movie. That just seems rude to the other actors. He's gonna get this podcast I'm... canceled. <laughs> I'm surprised at how much of that review was in a Stallone impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like we were actually getting a review from Stallone and not from Ryan. Well, that's what he told me he was going to do. Like, he has that direct line to Sylvester Stallone, and he was going to get him on the show, and it really just sounds like he faked it himself. Yeah. You know what? His impression of Stallone sounds about as good as my impression of Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, what's what's all this? What have you been working towards if he can't just call up Stallone and get a, a quick, you know, soundbite for the podcast? Look, like, how famous know, is this guy really? You know, they had a falling out because Ryan agreed to do the follow up to sh- stop or my mom will shoot without Stallone involved. 
It's ridiculous. I mean, if the real nerds <laughs> isn't isn't big time enough to get Stallone, then what's the point of all this? You remember at the top of the show when I said this is the greatest movie podcast of all time, right? Yeah, I remember. And, and somehow Stallone doesn't understand that. No, no, he he might just be greedy and lazy. Like, come on, Ryan, step it up. Like, <laughs> you're the ambassador for this thing. You should be able to get someone like Stallone easy, easy. <laughs> I'm Ambassador Frost of the Androni Galaxy. You know what? If if Michael B. Jordan was in Space Jam: A New Legacy, I don't understand why he wouldn't be on the Real Nerds podcast, which is a thousand times better than Space Jam. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Michael yeah. B. Jordan, if you are listening, we are looking for somebody to replace Ryan. No, no, like Henry. This is your job, man. Like, oh, you, you love Space Jam. You should be getting us interviews with Michael B. Jordan. Henry, you've got some explaining to do. You're in Denver now. I don't know why you're not even on this show. Yeah. Oh, Henry's in Denver now? Yeah, he's he back, baby. Woo! Oh, Party. So maybe he needs to start pulling his weight and getting on Zoom and talking to us a little bit. Or at least talking to Michael B. Jordan without us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah watch him call in next time and be like hey guys i talked to michael b jordan about the podcast hey guys i talked about he's not b. gonna jordan be on it. <laughs> is that your henry impression it's not very good right now <laughs> that was it was pretty close but not enough so we're coming. drop your voice another octave hi <laughs> uh, uh, oh, <laughs> hi i'm henry i don't like la la land but I now do sound love a good little films. bit more pretentious. I know. Yeah. Henry doesn't like La La Land. I, I well that that's that's a film explosion that I love. Where I think it's three hundred, where you played the trailer for him, and apparently we were. I can't. Re I couldn't remember this until recently, but we were all looking at him apparently, and he goes like, "I don't understand why everybody's looking at me. I don't. I like the movie. I don't understand why I get saddled with this." Because uh, yeah, he was like he was more critical of La La Land than the rest of us, I believe. Anyway, nonsense aside, here's the big news story of the week. It's real news! Yeah, so the uh, the new Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem trailer dropped. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm into it, even though a lot of the internet is not. <laughs> Are they are they upset because it looks like um, across uh, Spider Verse? Uh, no, they're upset because Seth Rogen uh, produced it, so it's gonna. They think it's gonna be a bunch of stoner jokes, um, and then uh, they think April looks ugly. So that's messed okay. up. I thought okay, we already well dealt with this for Rise of the Team and T, but clearly they haven't gotten over it. So, so first of all, April O'Neil is a fictional character, and um, she can look however the creators of any particular iteration decided. And second of all, do they know that Seth Rogen's an actor and not just a weed guy? Like they know he's like a, a creative human being, right? Yeah, you know, he's he, written he's written things that are not weed related. <laughs> he's literally produced the Preacher series, the Invincible series, and the Boys, which have gone on to critical acclaim. Mm -hmm. Um. He was yeah. he, he was in one of the best films of last year in a very good fucking supporting role that had nothing to do with weed. Yeah, somehow uh, <laughs> these so-called Ninja Turtles fans have not picked up on the fact that literally constantly since 1984, the Ninja Turtles have been reinvented 
in different styles over and over and over again throughout the comics, throughout the TV shows, throughout the movies. Um, and somehow this iteration, they just they just can't handle it. Um, mm. I, I think it's a cool Spider-Verse style, grungy yeah. uh, New York look. Yeah, it, the characters are distorted looking, but I think it fits pretty well with a good blend between what Paramount just worked on with Rise of the TMNT plus the Spider-Verse comic book style. It's it's a good blending, and they, they're trying to attract a new generation of fans um, so they can keep the franchise going. And somehow people just can't get over the fact that they're just not going to get that live-action uh, stunt people in suits anymore. Um, I mean, they'll never get that. So they need to they need to take a big chill pill and lie on the couch. But they will never I, green light a rated R Turtles movie as much as I want it. No, it's but it's oh, not going to happen. I, I do want to point something out, though. Like, I, I know it's not specifically the same art style, but the grittiness kind of the gritty edge that it had to it reminded me of so, like bits and bobs of the artwork from the original comics. So I was like, this kind of looks cool. Like it, it feels rough. It feels like it was made out of a garage. And I'm kind of excited for that. Um, I thought people were getting upset about it curbing, um, uh, cribbing on uh, Spider-Verse's style. But the guy who co-directed uh, Spider-Verse, Peter Ramsey, he, he, he retweeted something that was interesting going like, you know, people harping on the TMNT movie for harping on spider versus style it's a non-reductive it's a it's an unproductive argument uh animation style influences other animation styles it's just, just how this works like that's the beautiful part of animation is that it just keeps influencing other people to try things in that arena that was set up by one film or carry on in another direction like it's i'm excited to see ninja turtles look like this because it kind of feels if it, it feels rough it feels like it was drawn by people who clearly care about these characters. So I'm I'm stoked to see it. If I was a CGI animator, I would be psyched because like you look at Pixar, you look at Illumination, DreamWorks, sort of a similar look um across all those films. And it's been like that for 20 years. And finally with Spider-Verse and in this movie, they're doing CGI in a different style that's more painted and two-dimensional. And mm-hmm. um I yeah, it's it's I'd be stoked to be able to try something new uh, like that so i think the lesson we've learned today here is that the internet is full of shit full of lame opinions i know (laughs) by by lame opinions i mean shit Um, i meant what i said so yeah that's coming out in august and you know like i said i i i've enjoyed ninja turtles for so long it's like with batman there's been so many iterations of it it's it's pretty stupid to um get upset about any of them like i'm gonna go watch it it's like with the last ones with the 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 out of the shadows and the 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 reboot you know i didn't enjoy them fully but i went and saw them and then moved on with my life so yeah it's pretty easy also you're kind of preparing for the fact that you will be announced as the new dceu's batman um in about a month they're gonna announce that news right and you're just trying to get ahead of the arguments I, I'm the Batman. Yes, what? you're going to be the new Batman for James Gunn. Yes, it's official. Oh, yeah. yeah. We yeah. just spill the tea on that. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm probably going to get cut because they're going to yeah. s- 
we got like, we got to get yeah, we've got to we've got to get it out there. Okay, we got to get ahead of the my non-disclosure <laughs> contract. And thanks, uh, J- James Gunn will understand. He'll just kill me, not you. <laughs> he I know you guys you. are. I know you guys are joking, but I did just see a headline that the Batman Two is going to start filming in November. I think. Yeah. yeah. And they're Neat. already on the uh, in the middle of the Penguin uh, HBO Max series, so. They're currently Sweet. shooting that. Good. I'm glad Colin Farrell has work. I'm sure that'll dovetail into that film in November. So, yeah. Here's the stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Corinne, what'd you watch? So, I've been watching some sports movies for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> wink, wink. Be on the lookout for an announcement soon. It's because you watched Creed, right? And you're like, oh, I got to watch more sports movies. Uh, Actually, that is kind of part of it. But um, it's just kind of a confluence of other things going on. But again, there will be an announcement coming. Um, I know know what you're thinking about. Corinne, we know that you're going to be a part of the New York Yankees. You're going to be the first woman baseball player. Everybody knows this already. (laughs) God, I wouldn't want to play baseball. (laughs) Why not? Baseball's great. Baseball is the worst sport. It's so no, long it's, and boring. No, it's not. Football is because they don't take safety seriously. Anyway, continue. Um. So on Ryan's recommendation, I watched Hustle, which is the Adam Sandler movie where he's like an assistant basketball coach. Um. Well, he's a scout. He wants to become an assistant basketball coach and the ownership of the team changes and he has to go back out on the road. And he ends up finding this guy. Ryan talked about it during the film explosion, but in case people missed it. Uh, but he ends up finding this like total nobody in Spain. He, he, this guy, um, Bo Cruz, he was going to join like an American uh, club league or something as a teenager, but then his girlfriend got pregnant. So he had to stay and, you know, help raise his daughter. And Adam Sandler's character convinces Bo Cruz to come to the United States and like, basically do the NBA combine and like really try out for the pro leagues because he thinks he has like a lot of potential and it ends up becoming this kind of like pseudo father son story and the ending kind of broke me. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a really, really good movie. Uh, recommend it. It's on net Netflix. Um, I also watched bend it like Beckham for the first time, which is a movie about girls soccer. The protagonist is a Indian Sikh girl and her family is not, really cool with her playing soccer so there's like culture clash and also there's this i won't even say it's subtext but there's this angle to the movie that's kind of like lgbtq discussion because there's a lot of these different you know like crossed wires like people think other characters are gay when supposedly they're straight and i guess a lot of people on the internet are like no they're totally gay like it's they have to keep it subtext because this was made in like 2002. So even though it's like, yeah, the main character gets with the guy at the end, it's like she's going to have to have this long distance relationship because she's going off to America to play college soccer with her quote girlfriend. (laughs) I mean, they are friends in the movie, but it's like, are they really like, I don't know. Anyway, it's just, it was an interesting movie. I'd kind of heard about it in passing. Um, honestly, it's amazing it got made in 02. 
and it just deals with like the the different like the culture and the LGBTQ. And I'm like, dang, we were doing this 20 years ago. How did I miss out on this? Um, anyway, so that is on Disney Plus. If anybody wants to check it out, bend it like Beckham. Um, I've watched a couple of other things. Nothing really big. Uh, Abbott Elementary is still awesome. I've kind of started rewatching Community and The Bad Batch while I'm working on stuff, but. Those are probably the biggest things I can talk about right now. But yeah, keep an ear out for an announcement soon because uh, it is mid-March. You know what that means. Wink, wink. Zach, what'd you watch? Um, I've uh, been continuing my 1933 um, uh, watch-a-thon that Ryan and I are kind of doing concurrently with Ballyhoo. Um, one of the standouts from it has been a film called professional sweethearts, which is a screwball ish kind of comedy, um, with ginger Rogers. Um, it's about a, um, a, a female singer who plays younger than she is and less sophisticated than she is. Um, and she really, really wants to just go out and be a jazz girl, liquor and boo liquor and drugs and everything else under the sun. And so her advertising agency and her uh, personal agents are all basically conspiring to kind of like give her what she wants, but also build her brand. And part of that involves finding her a husband and doing making a whole publicity hoo-ha-ha about it. So they find a person from one of the admiring love letters and drag his butt from the Midwest or whatever uh, to the city and get her married. But the twist is that once he once they actually settled into married life, she uh, kind of gets tricked into being a regular housewife. The problem with the movie ultimately is, is that at some at a certain point, she can't get kind of gets tricked into being just a housewife and not being able to have an identity of her own. But the script thankfully flips that and gets her back into New York along with her husband. So like everybody's happy. Um, it was just a very cute movie. Um, lots of fun. Um, I, I highly recommend it. Um, uh, but I'll, um, I'll, I'll, the other ones I'm kind of keeping tabs on until Ryan and I kind of coalesce near the end of the year with a big Ballyhoo celebration of it. Um, but, um, another big thing has happened is, um, starting this, uh, couple days back, I got very bored and I decided to watch a movie that I've been putting off for a while. It's one of two movies that needed to be completed for, growls and swells the clint eastwood saga that i wrote about for a, a couple of years on real nerds which for anybody who doesn't know it was a journey writing about the career of clint eastwood film by film uh starting with the sergio leone trilogy up to the present day and um and it and it my opinion on clint evolved over time so like reviews of the dirty harry movies in gran torino probably don't hold up very well and I've, I've recognized that like my feelings about those films, especially in the wake of the last five or six years have definitely changed. Um, but um, I thought I owed it to myself to start the process of closing the book on Clint because after watching the film that I did watch this week, I can tell you that like he may be able to direct again, but I doubt there he's going to want to get behind a get in front of a camera again. So I watched Cry Macho, which is the most recent film that Clint came out with, uh, came out in 2021. Um, the film takes place in a sort of uh, it, it's in this in the late 70s and a washed up rodeo cowboy 
um, is given a task by somebody who he owes a lot of favors to, to go to Mexico and pick up this guy's son and get him across the border safely because his his biological his his mother is uh in mexico and she's a raving lunatic um and so when he finally gets a hold of the son the mother's henchmen go after the two so it becomes sort of a sort of a on the run film to get to the mexican border in time um but the movie the movie meanders a lot and there's benefit to that because it feels like a 70s film where side adventures become important plot points and there is a there is a genuine heart to the film and it is thankfully not encroached in a lot of there are problems with the movie on a cultural scale but it's not the mule or grand torino level issues um but the problem with the film and I, I guess I'm like in the in the minority on this is that I love Clint as an actor. I do love him. This man needs to n- needs to stop. <laughs> uh, and it's not because I don't want to see him not act. It's just that the role that he gave himself in the movie. From what I gathered from the story required at least somebody in his 60s or 70s, but probably no higher than that, like maybe no higher than 79. Um, like this needs to be a, a a much younger man by comparison to Clint and Clint. There are moments where you get to see parts of him that made him shine in the sixties and seventies, like him getting on a horse again is really cool. But the, the staging of fight scenes where he's supposed to punch a guy out, like the cheating on it is very obvious and it, it sucks because I don't want to like knock it knock him for trying to do this role i just feel like he he should have found somebody else to do the role and focused on directing it that's just my two cents i i I think that the film has a lot of merit but unfortunately the uh, some of the more uh some of the more unsettling elements of it where they kind of just delve into like stereotypical territory like he finds the kid engaged in cockfights. So like, obviously this film is, is something that's based out of a novel from a, from an earlier era and not from today. Um, and he's trying to be faithful to this novel. So good for him. But, um, <clears throat> but I, I couldn't drive with some of those elements. Um, and again, just Clint's performance as, as, w- as well intentioned as it is. Um, and even at moments as touching as it is, he just looks like he's not up for what he's doing. Um, he looks exhausted in a, on a lot of points on screen. And I don't know if it actually benefits his character to do that. Whereas in the mule, it actually made a lot of sense for him to do that. Um, and actually, if anything, this made me appreciate the mule a little bit more on a story level than I probably did when I saw it um, uh, the first time. So cry macho is kind of a weird way for Clint to, conceivably end his acting career um it's not it's not like he couldn't do the role i just feel like he waited a couple years too late to do this role he apparently had this property in the 70s and 80s and and that are like had a chance to do it and then decided to go do something else and so that's why he picked it back up eventually with albert s ruddy as producer so it just i just feel like it's it was just a i i just don't feel like it was the right choice 
Um, so with that, this week I'll be watching Richard Jewell and I'll uh, probably write up an article um, uh, about those two. And hopefully that will be not hopefully closing the book on Clint because I like that man as a director a lot. I do like seeing what he puts out and he from a from a practical standpoint, it's interesting how often I've taken cues from Clint as a director whenever I've tried to direct. Um, but it just it was kind of disappointing, to be honest, and I just felt a little bit melancholy. I ended up going back to Unforgiven and Dirty Harry just to kind of like get some of the Clint that I do enjoy uh, in order to like uh, in order to just kind of not palate cleanse, but just put it into perspective. So. So, yeah, that's what I've been watching. Um, next next time, look out for Richard Jewell and uh, the, the end of this whole nonsense. Cool. Uh, I didn't really watch anything to I, I watched the new stuff, but I don't know what's worth talking about. Um, I, I saw RRR again in the theater and it was amazing. Um, everyone should do that if they can. It's playing at the Alamo Draft House um, until tomorrow. So by the time you listen to this, it'll have been gone. So if it ever comes back to your town, check it out. Um, I watched the Oscars animated and live action shorts and i liked them but there was nothing that really blew me away um i did sleep a little bit through the animation ones so i i missed a few um the only the only thing that did did blow my mind this week is that i did rewatch all the mission impossible movies and when i got to fallout and the uh, the White Widow shows up and she has this monologue that I didn't really pay attention to before, but she's talking about a character called Max, um, which turns out is Vanessa Redgrave's character from the very first Mission Impossible movie. And that uh, that is her mom, uh, not the actor, but just the character. And so that thread I yeah, never picked up on before until today. And it just kind of blew my mind that they did a deep cut all the way back from the first movie in that one and uh yeah it's pretty awesome so wow neat that's what Which i want is fallout is that the fourth one no that's the sixth the one sixth one yeah most okay. recent one before the new ones come out this summer um, it's kind of weird gotcha. to consider that those movies have a plot sometimes because i am just kind of like i'm really there for the stunts but yeah there's there's actual plot threads that's the one where he- henry cavill is in it and he like cocks his arms or something yeah he re- yes. he, re- like, he reloads his, his arms, arms. Yeah. yeah he's in that fight he, scene in the bathroom guys he reloads his guns jesus yeah <laughs> and actually there's a uh, in rogue nation uh the very opening scene where um, Alec Baldwin's character Hunley is taking IMF to task um, and they're describing a scene from Ghost Protocol that I completely mm-hmm. forgot about. Um, so yeah, it, I, I've never, re- I think I never watched them all straight through together. So watching these little nuggets appear throughout is pretty, pretty, pretty fun. So it's kind of, it's kind of amazing that that series tech, that, that's the, the film series started in 96. We're like yeah. approaching what the thirtieth anniversary of this franchise soon in the next three years. Yeah, I mean, after two, we were lucky to get the third one. I think the third one really just jump jump started into a, like a whole new echelon. Um, oh yeah, yeah. J.J. Uh, Abrams definitely saved it. Yeah, and then uh, Brad Bird with Ghost Protocol really 
like level because watching Mission Impossible three, three is actually a really small movie. Like there's mm-hmm. almost no stakes. Like the the um like the the conflict is a, is a MacGuffin, and then it's really just a back and forth between um Philip Seymour Hoffman and Tom Cruise. Uh, really, like really personal stakes, and then um, you know, there's there's no grand, like they're gonna nuke the world, or there's a secret other IMF going on. It's really just uh, we have to find this one dude and stop him, and um, he's got my wife. So yep, yeah, uh, really small, and then yeah, the the three after that really just open up Mission Impossible this other this other level, and I yeah, Dead Reckoning is gonna be an amazing two parter, I think. And they've been really good about spacing out their entries. Like a- apart from the COVID hiccup, it's been like anywhere from three to four years in between entries. Yeah. The, interesting. The closest one was uh, between fallout and rogue nation was only three years, but uh, it's, it's crazy. I think that fallout was 2018. So it's going to be like a five to six year stretch before the next ones. Yeah. Yeah. But we're getting, but we get two parters too. That'll be the first for the series as well. So yeah, we'll get this back to back, but still like, 2023 that's yeah five six years past uh 2018 mm-hmm. and it feels like fall it just came out that's the crazy part yeah and you know what's great about it it's not overstaying it's welcome like another franchise that started in in, in the um 2000s um and uh might or may not be about you're, you're talking about fast and the furious I, i'm not saying any names i'm just saying that corona um has made a lot of money off of them at certain points in time. And I'm just saying that maybe The Rock was right to leave it. Anyway. Well, before I reveal next week's movie, I'm going to uh, promote the fact that on Apple Podcasts, the Real Nerds uh, episodes have now been broken out into seasons. Mm-hmm. So um, apparently in like if you go to iTunes, all of our episodes stop in 2020 because I guess at some point uh, they completely discontinued iTunes and everything's in Apple Podcasts now. And even then, they only showed 300 episodes at a time. So all of our early stuff, pretty much you can only get if you dig really deep or go to our website. But now all those episodes are going to be little separate podcasts of their own. Um, including film explosions and interviews and uh, commentaries. They'll all be able to separately be subscribed to. So um, look for those as they appear and get approved, um, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They all yeah. have their own little feeds. Really neat. And uh, we can finally track uh, uh, analytics through Apple Podcasts, which is great. Doesn't help our old episodes, but um everything since 2017 i can start tracking so sweet wonderful that's excellent news yeah Yeah, all right i I remember i I actually when you told us that earlier today i ended up looking on and seeing if my analytics were up i'm like yeah shoot they actually got their shit together (laughs) i can now know exactly what's going on (laughs) yeah apparently film solution 2019 is our most popular episode on apple podcasts by a lot 20 2019 (laughs) Yeah, 2019. Wow. Everybody was really longing for those months before the pandemic. <laughs> the, uh, I didn't get that. Our 2019 film explosion was actually really good. It yeah. is, yeah. Hey, things got emotional that year. Uh, mm-hmm. 
it helps that it has like a bunch of Marvel in it, but overall, like on the list, all the film explosions are pretty high. Um, I forget which there's like a, a non film explosion episode that's uh, really popular, but do we have a, do we have a favorite film explosion amongst us nerds? Do we have a favorite one that we've embarked on? Like our own preference. Yeah. yeah. Out of all the years we've done and all the shows we've done, what what's your favorite film explosion? Just, just right off the top of your head. I really don't have one. I don't think I, th- I have mine. It's 1998 because I wasn't meaning to do this, but I put a film at number five and the, the reaction that James has is <laughs> one of the most unexpected ones I've ever experienced on that show. <laughs> Cause he, he literally looked like he was going to flip the table. <laughs> I don't remember that. It was, I put saving private Ryan at number five because there's four other movies. I like more than that movie. And he just l- lost it. And my folks, I was living with my folks at the time. And my folks literally could hear that. <laughs> You're like infamous in every film explosion though. So I know. And I don't want to say that I, I, but I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be rude. It just happens on accident. <laughs> Ryan did that to me for the fog. He actively did that. Um, but I was going to say that the, the other thing about the film explosion 2019 episode is that the engagement statistic is so off the charts ridiculous that I it has to be an error because its engagement is 139,000% <laughs> compared to every other episode we have. You know, that makes sense, though, because it literally tells me that Ballyhoo has over 10,000 downloads. And I'm like, that can't be true. <laughs> it's 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 in 9000, but it's not it's not anywhere close to 10,000. It's shooting up fast. I'm like, where are these extra listens? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't understand it. It's it's, it's better to have like, I, I mean, you, you don't we don't I, I use a different interface. That one just gives me the exact amount from where it's coming from the system. So it's just like, okay, I, I know what my numbers are. So then that's cool. Like iTunes analytics shows me the subscribers, which is nice. But anyway, uh, I'm trying next- to think of like what was the first film explosion all six of us were on? I think it was 2018, right? I think so. Yeah. I can find that out. Because uh... that would probably be my favorite of the film explosions it might be episode 300 2017 and then uh film explosion 2017 is the next one that has all six of us i know i was not on the 2017 one because i sent in my list late no you're right it's 2018 i'm totally looking at the columns wrong yeah yeah that was um that was a good year yeah that's a good one But we have more film explosions coming out this year, so maybe they'll become our new favorites. Who knows? We do. The is way 1983 this... coming up? It is. Um, I was about to say that the uh, schedule going forward is so stacked that before and after Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is the, are the lightest weeks, so we might do 83 and 93 within two weeks of each other. Mm. I've already got my 83 list I need to send to you, but now I need to make my 93 one really quick. It would be smart to do both because I think we're going to end up because, yeah, the spring and summer are so full through August. There's there are a few weeks that we can get in and do film explosions. So, dang. Yeah. Dang, movies are back. 
movies are back it's it's a hell of a year <laughs> movies are back hooray <laughs> okay took it long enough i feel like the winter was really slow i think it's maybe people should have spaced out the movies a little bit better look look everybody was just waiting for cocaine bear and now that we have cocaine bear now we can get on with the rest of the slate that doesn't matter because we have cocaine bear it's hollywood it's, is so anything, afraid of way of water that they just didn't want to counter program it yeah, yeah that's what i was thinking and cocaine bear they didn't want to they didn't want to program cocaine bear in a place where it couldn't succeed speaking of upcoming movies our movie next week is scream six Ooh. have fun so, with that what's your favorite scary movie i'm interested in their their new york setting and ryan is obviously going to be there day one so yeah, the trailer the trailer is is playing off a of one key scene that unnerves me to no end. So I'm I'm, I'm curious how I'll I'll handle it in a movie theater. So yeah, until next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Hey, welcome back to Brad Around Town. I haven't done this segment in a long time because I have not been able to put out episodes in a timely manner, but I think this week I might actually get that done. So I just want to throw in here a little promotion for the uh, Cine Insomnia uh, Late Nights at the uh, Esquire Theater um, this weekend of Friday the 17th and Saturday the 18th. They're showing in Bruges, uh, hot off the heels of the Banshees at Vinnie Sharon, uh, the original team up of Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson for Martin McDonough is playing at the uh, Esquire late night. So definitely check that out. And I will probably see you there because I haven't seen that movie in a while. And that's what's going on around town. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd can follow the Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.